Yeah, when Harry I... gets with Claudia, he won't have bio because he's still a lesbian. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Brewpalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. Um, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender of the week this week is the Wario's Goldmine track on Mario Kart that this episode of The Bad Batch took place on. Um, I literally, every single blessed time that they were doing the little carts, I was like, ooh, make sure you don't miss the shortcut on Wario's Goldmine. And I couldn't concentrate on the goddamn episode. When that's are we, that's when so are we, powerful. <laughs> When are we getting a Rainbow Road episode? No, the Bad Batch will split up if they did Rainbow Road. <laughs> not, but not also Wrecker flying off the side of Rainbow Road. Actually, that's that's Noah's gender this week. Noah's not here, so I will be assigning him a gender. Um, Noah's gender this week is Wrecker falling off Rainbow Road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Noah. Sorry, Western Noah. Peace, King. Fly high, Angel. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. And my gender this week actually is a shared gender because Mel is also not here. And we were talking and they came up with a really good gender that I think I really vibed with. So my gender this week is Normie Vizago. Stop. Um, because no. I think all of us, when we saw that man... Roland for the first time I think everyone who has seen Rebels was like for a hot second was like Visago? And then he spoke and it was like oh Normie Visago. No it was Visago with contour. Oh my god. He's like I... no because okay here's the thing I've also seen people are like oh Roland is just hot Visago. I'm like I'm sorry I might be gay but regular Visago is hot Visago. This man is a pretty boy and I don't I, I... I can't stand by that behavior. I am a supporter of pretty boys but um, I don't stand Roland. No, I, I don't like Roland. I can respect the pretty boy community. It is simply Roland that I do not respect. I don't. I don't think Roland is. I think. I think Roland wants to be a pretty boy. I think he's trying to embody that, but I don't think he's gotten there. Yeah, I should have yeah. made my gender e boy Roland. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they them. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is, well, you've heard of Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Get ready for Boba Fett and Marshall Animal Crossing. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So is this to assume that Marshall from Animal Crossing is the baby yeah it's going yeah. to be adopted by yeah Boba he's being adopted by Boba Boba Fett. Fett. if anyone um for context it's because i got a very tiny little marshall figure <laughs> um marshall from animal crossing he is a squirrel and <laughs> i put him next to my boba fett funko pop and he's very very small and <laughs> it I did think... look like boba fett was gonna shoot him but yeah, last... i thought it was very funny yeah so this week's episode episode 13 was infested um, and it was not a filler episode, a breather episode, meaning we had a little adventure on Ord Mantel. Um, well, we, so we knew that, that this, we knew the name of this episode. It was in the like batch of, um, episode names that came out a, a bit ago. Yeah. Um, for press, um, all of the episodes of July, their names were released. So we knew 
and we know next week's episode title as well which is war mantle but we'll get into that <sighs> later which is also why i did not mind this one being a little lighter because i was like i know next week and then the last two episodes after that are gonna be step on the gas step yeah. on the gas <laughs> uh, i'm okay with this one being a little different um i know there's been a lot of discourse about that um but yeah, so I also know I was like, uh, epic stereotypical sci-fi uh, bug episode moment. This is not just a Dave Filoni thing. Um, it, it, it's it's a law of science fiction, of, of fantasy, whatever. There must be a bug episode. It has to. It has to happen. It's, it's like, I don't know what compulsion people have. Um, I was like, why? Uh, I did think at first it was going to be like the Geonosian worm thing or whatever. And I was like, not that shit again. I also thought that as well. Um, <gasps> also, the other thing too is that on Disney Plus, they have recently added a segment um, or like a section for the Clone Wars Essential episodes. And it does have the entire like Geonosis brain worm arc. And I think that that's just so that you'll have context for Barriss and Ahsoka in the Wrong Jedi arc. But I did see that in first split second. I was like, are we about to see Geonosis? And the other thing too, is that in Rebels, we do know that the Geonosians are all gone. So I was like, maybe the Bad Batch is gonna be there when Geonosis gets like destroyed. But- Oh shit, I that, do that not- scares me. I don't know if that it's certainly not gonna be the case this season um but you know this episode was called infested call it invested because I was very into it um I liked this episode a lot and I will say I know there's been a lot of like discourse about what a filler episode is I don't necessarily think that filler is a bad word I think a filler episode is what it is and what that means is that it is an episode that might focus more on character development, but it doesn't further the overarching plot. To be serious for a second about like that discourse, because let's just address it head on. Um, it always bothers me because Star Wars is a set of movies first and everyone's like, we never have any time with these characters. It's just the plot and the plot and the movies and whatever. And then we get the TV shows where we can have a little bit of time. And then people are like, what is this filler? I don't understand. I'm like, what do you people want? What do you people want? I'm like, uh, listen, like if this was airing on broadcast, we'd have a lot more filler, whatever. And again, I could launch into the same talk that I always give about the differences between streaming and broadcast and how that's changing, how things are produced and how stories are told and especially in animation and what that means and you know, the Netflix model and all that kind of shit and whatever. Um, so it's it's to me it's nice that they were like no we are going to still make sure that we have these breather episodes or filler episodes or whatever because we see we see the value in that and especially because people on this podcast even have had many critiques about like hey I'd like to know a little bit more about the batch themselves or spend a little time with them um I think that's not bad I also think that ironically the TV shows, I've probably said this before too, um, operate, like the TV shows are filler in themselves. Like they they operate in that, in that middle space. So for like, and the whole point of this show, they said, they were like, we are using the, the batch as a point of view to see the transition into the empire. So the plot is just one piece of showing what that means uh, at that time like this episode 
maybe there wasn't as much plot involved, but we were seeing how it's like, yeah, it's just a crime lord's game. And also, Orn Mantell is apparently fucking infested with bugs. Um, <laughs> so, but, but also, like, you know, this is what's happening in the galaxy or whatever, and we don't necessarily need the plot for that, but it's still serving the purpose of the show. So, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I personally didn't have a problem with this episode too it was a bit slower but yeah because it went back to focusing on like oh here's here's the batch doing stuff that is just kind of about them and then I feel like it definitely was showing us like oh look Omega is the only capable member of the batch honestly because she's the only one that actually empathizes with people and it's like hey we should like help because this is this is messed up. Epic and, Ahsoka moment. Yeah. And I do think it might be setting up some more fun things with with these um syndicates and crime lords for maybe next season. Because some of the plot that did happen, like why did they specifically name drop like Roland's like mother? She's not gonna be more important somewhere down the line. I don't know, because like it felt weird to just be like, oh yeah, this specific lady, I think her name is like Issa Duran. You don't want to like get tied up in like that business pikes. You're going to start a, a crime war, <laughs> a, a mafia war if you, you do this shit. Okay. First of all, I, I did, I do think the idea of um, Issa Durant being Sid's ex is very funny. That's um, And that's why they have beef. Um, I would have liked in the Bad Batch to see more episodes like this one. Yeah. And I think, like, if we had had the first, like, five, ten episodes been like this, and then all of those heavy exposition episodes that we had in the first, you know, like, like the first five episodes or the first eight episodes, even if we had put those at the back half of the season, or at least, like, that pacing, I think that could have been really nice. That being said, the show's still not over, so I'm not going to get into the pacing of it. But I really liked, I like the idea of like a more fun, carefree, quote unquote, episode. Because we got a lot of those in Clone Wars and we got a lot of them in Rebels. I think they're some of the more fun ones, some of the more memorable ones. It's interesting you talk about um, the pacing because... Uh, when I tell people, like, how to binge Star Wars shows or whatever, I often bring up how re with Rebels, the first and last season are shorter than, um, like, your normal 22-episode sort of, uh, like, broadcast season that the second and third uh, season are. Um, and it's interesting to me because also this is pretty much, I believed like, one of Disney Plus's flagship animated shows. So this was their first, like, okay. And, and it's with Star Wars, one of their biggest properties. Obviously, they were still airing Marvel shows at the same time. So they weren't, like, putting all their eggs in that basket. And they had other stuff going on. Uh, Monsters at Work came out. Um, but I, it, it is very, what I'm interested to see is if there is a second season, I am pretty confident there will be a second season. Um, I think they'll probably have more room to do what you just said, Ollie, because like, I feel like they were probably like, okay, we have to really like knock it out of the park streaming wise. Like we can do like 16 episodes, but that's like really stretching it from a, from a streaming perspective. Um, cause all eyes are going to be on us. We do have that coveted Friday Disney plus slot. Um, and you know, we're covering all of this time between, 
you know, when Star Wars content is coming out. So I feel like I'm hoping that like a second season that they'll have more more room to experiment that way. I mean, and all shows also usually have more room to experiment in season two as well. Um, so anyways, uh, season two of The Bad Batch, get at me. Um. So I do think that we are going to see Omega teaching Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch empathy because that is what we saw. That is what Jess was saying earlier. But I did just come up with a thought because Jess was talking about it being like a sin, like them being like, oh, this the crime syndicates are going to be a bigger deal. Like the Pike syndicate was a big deal in this episode. What if the Bad Batch becomes bounty hunters? And that's why they're not like relevant to like later on, like in rebels is because they are not a part of that circle or maybe there's like some sort of falling out and they're separated like from the regular or from the rest of the rebellion and like they fall into like underground crime activity it's just a thought and i just came up with it mall crimson dawn mall yeah this is how mall can still win The, the bad batches crimson dawn members wait i just had a sad thought I just had a sad thought. So some people have been thinking, okay, maybe the Batch will join the Rebellion and they'll be part of the, like, what is it called? The Rebels Reconnaissance Special Forces or whatever that people were talking about that exists. So I did have a sad thought and we were like, okay, so right now we have the whole War of the Bounty Hunters comic thing that's going on right now. We also have Book of Boba Fett coming out. And then the big revelation in this was that um, Miss Omega is... (laughs) Boba Fett's sister um and we're all like yeah it would make sense for her to be in the book of Boba Fett so you're saying oh they would be bounty hunters whatever what if what if bear with me like like she's friends with Sid now like she has all these she's friends with Fennec she's whatever like what if she loses the batch and then she becomes a bounty hunter that's literally literally what happened to Boba Omega starts her own crime syndicate no (laughs) omega takes over crimson dawn i was just gonna say that okay kira raises another girl boss wait here's the thing maul has spent this whole time searching for an apprentice (laughs) he finally finds one in omega and omega's like yeah i'll be your apprentice and then like later on she's like i am stronger than you and leaves and that's when he goes to malachor to go chill in the cave and wait for Wait, no, but but we've honestly, connected the dots. It, it would be crazy because, like, at, you know, it would be cool to be like, okay, and then and then the badge dies, and then she has to like grow up on her own or whatever, and that would then it would tie into so many things or what, like, like that would be like really thematically uh, interesting would, as well. It would be like um Boba Django parallels, you know, poetry and rhymes. Yeah, well, exactly. Also, I mean. A lot of people compare uh, Boba and Omega, obviously, to Luke and Leia, like, of, like, siblings who were, you know, not, didn't grow, grew up apart, and so they're, like, siblings, but not, um, and literally siblings, but not, um, and also identical, but not, and it would be, and it would be cool, kind of, because we have both Luke and Leia are Jedi, but Leia was only, like, for a little bit or whatever, um it, it would it, i don't know it'd be interesting both Epi- bounty hunters but omega's only a bounty hunter for a little <laughs> the idea of omega being like i just honestly good for you king it's not my style um, i do think 
now you know knowing that like last week um omega did confirm like she views the batch as brothers so she does meet boba she'd also see him as her brother so um yeah i i'm thinking about them again <laughs> well okay oh, no. here's another concept is omega sees the other clones as her brothers boba does not so in book of boba fett or were she to ever meet boba they would both have a moment of yes we're Django like we're closer to Django than any of them and Omega being like they are still our brothers even if we do not feel like family with them they still are our family and we have a certain level of responsibility Bestie, to them as family I, and, I and Boba having to learn to have empathy for the other clones oh, um so, oh, like, I Bestie I can't do this like I don't know how likely that is to happen and I do love the idea of like found family being the most important thing in Star Wars I I think there's always so much emphasis put on like who's your blood family and I don't think that is the point of Star Wars for the most part obviously there's important ties like Luke and Vader but I think especially with the sequels it's like your blood doesn't really matter as long as you are true to yourself so it would be interesting to see how they would put Boba with Omega in regards to the other clones it's just a thought weren't they saying for book of boba fett that boba would like kind of also be thinking and exploring his like past exactly. and dealing with like his exactly. Django issues his so Django omega issues. could still show up in book of boba fett omega and book of boba fett were manifesting come on i did also want to talk about um something that i think is very funny um so in this episode we did see a lot of organized crime um and talking about found family did make me think about my beautiful woman, Sid, who is a lesbian. Yes. I have decided if you don't yes. think that's right, I'm sorry, you're wrong. But Literally, here's the thing. what else would she so, be? So, so we were joking. That's like, oh, I think Jess's gender one week was Bolo and Ketch. Yeah, like, Bolo life and Ketch. Like, yeah. Bolo and his weekly life partner, Ketch. And we thought that was funny, but it's like they're really leaning into that. And I'm like, I know it's not Pride Month anymore, but did Star Wars just give us our first gay couple in Sid as their lesbian protector? Not to be a resistant stan on main, however, it really does remind me of Flix and Orca, who are a canonically gay married couple in Resistance. And then there is the the like tavern keeper character in Resistance, if I can't remember her name right now, is also like a big powerful lesbian kind of character who's a lot like Sid. So all I'm saying is I've connected the dots. Um <laughs> I am obsessed with MLM protector Sid. Um, because she did also have that moment with Wrecker in the caves. Like, I know she wasn't really protecting him, but she was like, hang on, buddy. Like, Sid, and that's why she's helping the Bad Batch. And, and I, we've established Sid is like a queer elder. So even if she's like, she's like a mean queer elder who's been through it. So it's like she sees the Bad Batch and she's like, oh, these are a bunch of gay people raising a child who's transgender. Like, like as annoying as they may be, or as much as I don't like them sometimes, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to help them out. Sid is like began to bond with omega and now oh, has been yeah. like i am going to protect this child i know her name i still don't know or remember any of your it's names the, it's the same thing as in the mandalorian where like there was every every lesbian they approached was like I, somebody made a joke i think on tumblr that like the funniest part of the mandalorian is that every 
person who encounters Grogu is like, oh, look at your tiny son. Or they're like, what the fuck is wrong with that dog? (laughs) And and sometimes they start with what the fuck is wrong with that dog. But if they're like a powerful lesbian character, they end up with like, this is my child now. But this is why, and and this is something that I, I discussed briefly on TikTok. This is why, number one, her nicknames for them are so funny. Because either way, it's funny. Either if she knows their names and does it on purpose or doesn't know their names and, and does it. I, I truly think she only knows Omega's name, um, but the rest of them, she's just fucking with them. But I think she's also fucking with them in another way because she tries to blackmail them, but like kind of weakly. And she's like, well, I have a secret on you, whatever. And I'm like, bestie, they don't even need to be blackmailed. Yeah, They're she's... walking around in their full armor and a ship from the Republic. They have not changed clothing at all. Hunter looks like a regular-ass fucking clone. And they're walking around with a child who fits every description of every bounty on every planet. Like, what black... Like, oh, she, oh she's gonna tell, the, tell somebody about them? Like, it's not like they're fucking yeah. hiding. Can we get Omega a change of clothes or something? Or, like, a like, hair? Get like, all of them new clothes. Like, what's going on? Have, you guys are kind of the stupid. Half of them have new clothes. They just don't wear them. Can we have a makeover montage? <laughs> Repainting yeah, their where's armor the makeover? Montage? Repainting their armor montage is actually extremely powerful. Or they, they like, the, the batch goes shopping. <laughs> when are we getting Echo back his handprint? The fact that I Echo know. not Where's only- Where's his Inspector Gadget hand, like his new one? Echo doesn't have a hand, the handprint on his chest from Rex, or a fun Sid nickname. Everyone else has a fun Sid nickname, and Echo doesn't, and I think that's hateful. Speaking of which, TikTok user Flannel Flannel, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, TikTok um, user Flannel Flannel, <laughs> aka Eve. Um, made a video about how Echo's the only one that Sid does not have a nickname for, and, um... So proposed a couple of um, possible nicknames, and I think the funniest one is Scomp. Um, <laughs> the idea of, of okay, Scompy, not no! Scompy and Gonky. Oh my god! <laughs> the idea of the idea of her being like goggles, Scompy. Come on. <laughs> um, I, like the only other thing is like <laughs> would be offensive too because it'd be like calling him like a cyborg or a droid just straight up, and that's kind not, of fucked not- up ableist sid ableist slur throwing sid <laughs> not slur throwing sid that's a very that's actually a very funny name like <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they call her in like the underworld that's like imagine if they had walked in and hunter had been like where's sid and roland's like oh slur throwing sid you're looking for her i think i think if maul himself walked in sid would have a, a nickname for him she'd be like legs come here <laughs> Not legs. Oh my god! I can't with either legs Sid. or horns. And um, talking about Sid, also, um, can we talk about her uh, connection to Roland? Because I did go back to figure something out, and it was uh, episode seven, Return of Our King Rex. You know, um, battle scars, as Mel said, a couple episodes to go to. Um. That is when they actually got Ruby. That was the job they were doing before they came back was they um, got Ruby and Omega named her Ruby. And then they gave her to Sid and says like, oh yeah, this is for a dude. I don't know what you want to do with it. Like either keep it as a pet or eat it. Who knows? I just like the thought that fucking Roland, like Sid gave Roland this lizard armadillo and was like, here you go. And Roland was just like, Oh, cool. Does it does it have a name? And Sid was like, um, 
Ruby because she probably heard Omega call the little lizard thing Ruby and fucking Roland was like, nice, I like that. I'm, I'm keeping that. You're Ruby from now on. There was also something that I thought was very funny, which is that not only is Sid an MLM protector, she's also an MLM manipulator. So she sent Ketch in being Power. like, have fun with this crime syndicate, go steal this armadillo. Which did prompt um, us to think about the hit children's show, um, Catch and Ruby. Um, Stop! No! <laughs> Catch and Ruby. <laughs> Ruby and Catch. <laughs> Catch and Ruby. Ruby and her little weak way, Catch. Uh, alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, Roland is just one of those people who like gets a pet from the shelter but never changes the name. Because uh, he's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's its name. I'm not going to change it. Um, yeah. yeah, honestly. Also very, very funny. It would be like if she doesn't know any of the Batch's names, but she knows Ruby's name. Um, that's very funny. Well, me. here's the thing. Sid only knows the name of children and animals. And I respect that. She's like, this is, this is my beautiful child, Omega, who I call Tiny is like a fun, like diminutive little nickname. And Ruby, who is an animal. I, I like that too. So obviously, Roland, is he Visago with contour? Yes. He Is he handsome Squidward? Yes. Um, I have said this before, when they created Hauser and when they created Eleni, um, they did animate this show during the quarantine. Animators, are y'all good? Like... Were you guys just really horny and, and 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 home alone during the pandemic? Are you okay? Like they really put they really put all their hot people juice into this show. And I'm like, are you guys okay? Like, do you guys need something? Still three more episodes for more characters. And I'm like, who else are you guys gonna introduce? I'm <laughs> yeah. chomping at the bit here. And I will say, um, for many reasons. Roland is not really to my taste, but I can appreciate him for what he is for others. Um, you know, I did I did call him um, a, a pretty boy in a bit of a derogatory way earlier, and I do not mean any offense towards pretty boys or pretty boy appreciators. Um, I, I simply saw Roland standing where Sid stood, and I got angry. I was just going to say, I, on the other hand, if anyone follows my TikTok, am the opposite of ollie <laughs> if you're simping for roland i'm coming for you with the price bust i told you all to stop and i keep seeing roland things now i i know i'm waiting for it i'm waiting for the roland x reader fanfic and the second i see it i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna lose it so uh, other than roland being handsome squidward um i did also see another tiktok about um Omega's propensity for making green friends. And it is true. All the people she, like, is friends with or, like, tries to be friendly towards, they're all green. Um, I would like to posit uh, Cut and Sue LaQuain's kids were not green. But they tried to true. make friends with her. She yeah. befriended them too, though. She befriended I, right back. She was like, yeah, let's well, go. That's the thing is Omega doesn't see color. <laughs> Omega. Got this. <laughs> colorblind Omega? Maybe she's colorblind. Literally. Oh my God. That's so powerful. Red, green. That would imply 
That would imply that Django and, and Boba and all no, the clones. No. That's her location. I'm so sorry. Not, but she's wait, not. Wait, wait, wait. Red, green, colorblind Boba, whose armor is red and green, is very. <laughs> he just thinks it's gray. He's like, he's isn't like, this really neat? My the, gray arm. The idea of him and Fennec being, and he's like, Fennec, look at my gray armor. And she's like, he's like, yeah, it's just like my dad's. His armor was also gray. And she's like, you realize your armor is green and red, right? And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, bestie i have something no. to tell you when, when he's That's painting what... it and with din there being sad about grogu and then like he's like i'll ask din and fennec's like don't disturb din he's crying over his son you can't of... disturb him with your arts and craft right now the idea Wait, of boba right. thinking that he and din have the same color <laughs> that's what i'm saying when he comes down the ramp when he co- like when he comes down the ramp and mayfeld's like oh i thought you were the other guy or whatever he thinks it's because they match <laughs> Oh no, I do, I do like the idea of Fennec taking him to, uh, like, to get an eye exam, like, where he looks at the numbers, and he's like, that one doesn't have a number, like, the circle, you know those circles they have that have all of the little dots in it, has, like, a number in colors to tell if you're colorblind? Boba does that, and he's like, okay, that's a one. That is just a circle. That's a four. That's a circle. Fennec, you're trying to trick me, and she's like, there's a seven there, it's very clear, and he's like, no, there's not. (laughs) Colorblind Boba Fett King, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so Omega is colorblind. All her friends are um, green. Also, also, there are no more, uh, there are no fan fictions about Roland Duran yet. Thank God. He's okay, no Hauser. How dare you stand where he stood? Yeah, how dare you stand where he stood? Let's talk about, you know, something that I think this episode highlighted, um, that I think we forget a lot, and I've said this before on the podcast, but is that the Bad Batch is actually pretty competent. Um, and I know there's a lot of moments, I think, in this show and specifically this first season where they're very out of their element, be that either they're having to do some sort of social interaction that they have not been trained for um, because they're basically made for combat or um, they're pinned up against an enemy with the intention of them not winning to introduce a new character to help them. Um, or they're just... Or they're just um, up against a very powerful lesbian. Exactly. <laughs> um, but in this episode, when they were, um, first when they were going down into the tunnels to get the spice, and then when they were going to get it back, um, there were a lot of really cool moments, like Wrecker fighting, Echo like doing what he is intended to do, like closing the door <laughs> with his little scomp link. Um, but there was also a part where Hunter jumps from one car to the other when they are going along that rail, basically busts their thing, sends them back, and pushes his guys off. And I'm obsessed with that scene. I think it's it just like, that's the thing I love about the Bad Batch themselves as characters, is how unique they are with their fighting styles and how their fighting styles go together in Star Wars. And I think that's something I kind of would like to see more of um, is and, and I, that was one of the few things not one of the few things but kind of um, one of the things I really liked about the episode where um, not the last episode but the episode before where they went to the separatist planet um, is we really saw them working like a team and I love that aspect of this show I think we also saw that in their like epic dad moment when they were like you trade the child and then they all like yeah in- think we're like absolutely yeah they all whipped out their fucking blasters i do (laughs) like that um when that happened i was like looking at that scene again and echo like was holding his helmet in his like on his actual hand his good hand 
And then when they have to whip out their blasters, you have to quickly like put it in his scomp link arm and, and pull and out his blaster. Like in sync. I was like, okay, like a rib, like synchronized swimming, like whoosh, like synchronized they- swimming blaster pull bad bad. I do like that they rehearsed that. Like they were like, okay, if in any situation where we may all need to pull out our blasters, there's going to be a little signal that I'll give and then we'll all go, right? Like, I do like the idea of them all standing in front of a mirror. Like, you know, they have in dance studios where they have the no, bar stop. and then there's a big mirror um, oh, of them practicing God. that. Tech being like, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's where this show really shines is, and, and we see it before, is when the Bad Batch gets to show off their personalities and gets to show off or get to show off their personalities and how they work, how well they work together. That's where the show really shines. And I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, hopefully in the next three episodes and hopefully in season two, I'm sure they will. Um, yeah, I really loved that. They've been having a little bit of a time lately. They've just yeah. they've been going through it. Um, they've been having a time. And um, I know I was also pretty vocal last week about being like, why isn't Hunter choosing, like, why isn't Hunter helping the rebellion yet? And the more I have thought about it, the more I'm like, it still kind of frustrates me as a plot point of them constantly being like, ah, I'm not gonna, I got other stuff to do. So it is still a little frustrating, but the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of understanding. And now that I'm thinking of it in the context of this first season being establishing the characters and what reasons they might have to fight, I'm okay with it more now. Assuming that the end of this season or the beginning of next season is going to be them being like, hey, we are now fighting for a cause. Also, not to be philosophical or anything, but it's really cool when you see, like, you know, rebels and they're fighting against fascists, and that's really cool and that's really awesome. There was something very powerful, though, and I think this is why people like Callus or any other, like, defector character like Bodhi or something like that. Um, When you see, like, the process that gets somebody there to be like, anybody can be can can be anti-fascist um but like I, I think that's actually very powerful and like they're at a point of like survival for themselves as like literal marginalized people within the world or whatever and they're they're literally protecting their kid right now and they're like we just gotta earn money and survive or whatever and to like they're they're navigating this like very real thing um and so I, I think it's actually you were talking about like oh we're taking time to establish them and I think like from a representational so point of view I think it's really cool to represent like the thought process that goes into okay I am going to now join a militarized rebellion against a, a fascist empire like I think that's also cool and important um even if sometimes you're like okay this probably would have happened a little faster um I don't know I think it's just an important message and very timely I agree I would like to see just like a touch more maybe debate within the team about it um I think what I'm realizing about this show and specifically these last couple episodes is that what I would like to see is a bit more like character driven plot because a lot of what what has happened so far is like things happening to the Bad Batch or them stumbling into something or being sent to go deal with something. It's not a lot of intrinsic uh, motivation, which is fine for the story they're trying to tell. I just wish we got to see a little more because we're not, some of our characters are not super um, developed beyond their core personality traits, which again, it's not a make or break for me, but it's just something to consider. 
I think that is where season two might shine really well. Because, like, actually, because right now, the, you were just describing, like, okay, what's the motivation? Like, it, it's driven by a certain character. Right now, it actually is driven by a certain character. It's driven by Omega. And we do learn something new about her and her personality every week. Um, so I think it will take, like, a second season or whatever to find, like, to have those motivating moments for other characters. Obviously, I think we're gonna get that probably for Hunter towards the end. Like, we, we, we are getting a lot for Hunter specifically. But I think, um, I think the, the character driving these first season is Hunter. No, is Omega. <laughs> um, shout out to them being like, this is a show about five dudes. Psych! It's actually about one little girl, and they're the side characters. Um, it's very powerful, but, um... <laughs> I do like supporting cast The Bad Batch. <laughs> Starring Dee Bradley Baker as the supporting cast. <laughs> I, like, I love that, though. <laughs> like, which, technically, that's also the plot of The Clone Wars, where it's like, it's Ahsoka and all the clones. Um, <laughs> um, it's very powerful, and I do, I do love that. Guess like AQ Pearl Boss. Um, so I, I, I am, I will be interested to see when they're like, okay, uh, when is the plot driven by this character, or driven by that one? Because um, right now, I mean, it is like there. I mean, when we had, when, when we had like Omega's little Omega alone situation, like that was driven by her as well. So, um, but. Um, Speaking of Omega, um, she was held hostage by a drug cartel this episode. And I do want to talk about it just for a hot second. Because in Star Wars, you know, it's war. Serious things do happen. Um, but sometimes I like to put it in perspective. And I'm like, yes, she is, what, 10 years old? And she is being held hostage by a drug, drug cartel. And... All I have to say, and this is something I could say in a lot of pieces of media, and this is something that we all have said probably before on this podcast is, okay, so you could show a 10-year-old being held hostage for space cocaine um, by a drug cartel, but you cannot show gay people. Got it. Cool. This is Bolo and Catch Erasure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, like I, I understand. You're like... But I I do agree. And I think Mel said this when we were watching the episode is like, so we can we can see this. There's so many like horrifying things that happen in this episode too. Like, and that's the thing, because I think with Spice in Star Wars, and we could have a larger conversation about the implications of what Spice is in Star Wars and what it represents. Spice is more like and, opioids, to be fair. Yeah. But but I mean, you know, like to be fair, like we could have a hu a bigger conversation about like the implications of that and why it is viewed the way it is, but I'm not here for that today. Um, but I think what's funny is what made me have a moment where I was like, you can do all of this, but not gay people, is when they were in Sid's office, they opened up the box and it's wrapped the exact same way as like actual real life, like drugs. <laughs> And I was like, that's I, like, I, I like, really, like, that's, like, like, that's like drug parents. That's like, a, that's drugs. Like, I know yeah, Spice that's, is like, drugs. That's straight but, like, up drugs. Like, Spice, I know Spice is drugs. And I know it's like Star Wars drugs. But in that moment, I was like, oh, that's like, <laughs> like, they're not, they're not messing around with the allegory for drugs anymore. They're like, fully moving into the, don't forget, Spice is drugs. 
they also were like fine being like oh yeah we're gonna show uh this this pike man almost like kill roland i straight up thought they were gonna um slit his throat in front of all of them but you know they just cut off his horn but they're like yeah we're okay with showing you this and this traumatizing moment of slamming this man down and holding a knife up to him and being like yeah i'm like we're gonna kill this man i mean for a hot second like the sound that that made like if i was a child watching that even though they do immediately show they didn't like slit his neck they cut his horn off for a split second if you're a child watching that or even like a younger person even me as an adult i was like did they just slit that man's throat for like a hot second beheadings twice in star wars twice but and most of the time three times three times they have shown they have shown beheadings yeah but this one and i and they've shown a lot of like literal war crimes and not like oh how people like oh choppers work but like no like literal war crimes on this show um committed by a character who like while crosshair is a villain he is still like in our eyes this like for a moment at that point we are still kind of deciding if he is a sympathetic character or not when he does that and i think that for the is the turning point where they say no he's not a sympathetic character like he's not one that you're supposed to relate to but i'm like in that moment like how troubling would that be for a kid to watch and i'm not out here being like the purity police or being like we need to make things accessible for kids and that because that's not at all what i'm saying obviously there's a place for media like that but I think I'm trying to figure out what the tone of the Bad Batch is and who their target audience is. Well, this and is, it is always, just this has always been a Cartoon Network problem, and I know they've talked about this with, um, with when the Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network, whatever. I've also probably talked about it on this podcast earlier. Um, uh, famously, when we talk about Infinity Train, which I will not spoil anything, but Infinity Train, which originally was made for Cartoon Network um, and aired on Cartoon Network, and then the last season was on HBO Max, um, they have a violent murder in it. I don't want to spoil anything. And the creator of it was, and people were like, hey, how were you allowed to show that? And the creator was like, well, we asked about it, and all they asked us was, is the character human? Um, and said no. So they said, okay. So, um, that's, that's quite troubling. Very Um, troubling. Um, also please go watch Infinity Train. Good God. That is one of the best shows on TV. Um, but, but it does make me wonder. I mean, I started to make a list on Twitter and, and this is, this is a general thing of like, you know, oh, they can show this amount of, you know, sex and violence in, in, in a show or they can just show this amount of violence in a video game but they can't show gay people or whatever like that's a a known trope but star wars specifically which is about war already has violence in it we can have beheadings multiple times dismemberment someone being burned alive um a child being held hostage for drugs um the murder of innocent civilians um child murder slavery um mass graves drug smuggling multiple times um sexual slavery exploitation and harassment um and not gay people i have read thrawn com- do a preemptive strike more times than there is a gay person on screen um there are more green people in the bad batch than there are gay people on screen and i counted i counted um so again my expectations 
they are low. But there are some times where I'm like, okay. I, listen, I, I very much appreciate all the gays people in the High Republic that we're getting. And I very much appreciate, you know, uh, the stuff in books and, and comics and whatever. That being said, it is a little weird when I saw, like, wrapped packages of cocaine in an episode of animated television on Disney+. Plus, But the concept of, you know, two mermaid boys kissing in a Pixar movie is too much! Like, <laughs> it was... A it's a, it drives me a little crazy. No, I, um, I agree 100%. I mean, I think that, and, and again, like, this is not saying that you can't have, like, this is not saying you need to put romance in, because I think a lot of people say, like, oh, well, why do you want to make it romantic? The Bad Batch is a romantic show. I'm like, yes, but we have seen from so many other types of media that there are tasteful and easy ways to incorporate a character's queer identity in a piece of media like it is not impossible to do it doesn't even seem that hard if you do it right and take the time to do it and consult queer people the and intersectional and queer people <laughs> yeah um yeah honestly but i'm just saying i think happy pride to canaan trans omega um nothing but respect for my queen so sorry that you got held hostage by drug runners that is a shame um it is also very funny to me to see the Pike Syndicate because whenever they show up, I'm like, oh, we're dealing with some drug money besties. Let's go. Um, I really, honestly, I kind of forgot that the Pike Syndicate existed until they showed up on screen. So. I'm not going to lie. When I did see the like masked henchmen people, my first thought was not the Pike Syndicate. My first thought was Crimson Dawn Mall because my brain I'm, is mall all the time. Um, I mean, um, Granted, we did see the Pikes were working with Maul in, like, you know, season seven of, of Clone Wars. They were talking to Maul, so Maul and Crimson Dodd could still show up. This is how Maul can still this is, this is how Dryden Voss is secretly the season one enemy. Not, <laughs> no, not Dryden Voss! Not Dryden, Dryden, oh my god, Voss hair? Stop. Not, no, don't, no. don't manifest Voss hair. Um, anyway, the only Voss I stand in this house is Quinlan Voss. Where is that man? I would like for he's him to He's going be to Starbucks, remember? He's getting his pink drink. He's kind of late, but he'll show yeah. up eventually. Quinlan Voss shows up shows up a season late with Starbucks. I love that for him. I would die for this. I have a fi- I have some final thoughts. Um, it's nothing too crazy. I just want to say I really liked this episode. I kind of wish that we had gotten more that were this tone. I think some of my favorite episodes of Rebels are like this. Like, it very much reminded me, it reminds me of the episode with uh, Zeb and Ezra stealing the TIE fighter, where it's like, it does have some quite serious content, but the core of the episode is the characters do something that's a, that's like kind of off track, doesn't really add to the story, but it's a little wacky. Episode? I'm sorry? Is it the Mayloron episode? Yes, it is. Yeah. I love that one. Like, yeah. That one is a Rebels episode that I always remember. Yeah, it is. Where I'm like, oh, that's where I, like, fell in love with Zeb. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's a lot of, like, I kind of wish that that's the more, like, quote-unquote fillery episodes. Like, I wish that we got to see a little bit more of that from this season of The Bad Batch. But again, it is not hindered my enjoyment of the show. Um, and I'm also still, like, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure out where I stand a la, like, the Bad Batch as a whole because I think the biggest problem with the show at this point is pacing but I am reserving my full judgment until the 
like until the season's over but like I'm still really enjoying it I like it a lot I love the characters I would love to see a little bit more from them like emotionally and developmentally but I just I like them I like those funky guys what can I say I get a lot of serotonin from it I'm not gonna lie every week I'm like please this is the only thing I got going for me um love that I I also like really enjoyed it like after watching it a second time with my friend I do want to shout out those animators because like you know when they're going into the the infested (laughs) cave again there's like those little particles in the air and the little like stringy webs that's really that that was really good that was a nice touch I was like good good job animators you're you're putting a lot of work in on yeah. this, and it, I appreciate all the little details you guys are, are doing. Um, you're for sure and, the stars of this show as the animators. The opening, like, Ord Mantell shot when they, like, fly in or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, crisp, all right. And, like, every episode, I'm like, oh, they have Disney money. <laughs> like, every time. I know, like, it's so good. Uh, and I do, yeah. I do like the batch. They're some funky guys, and they're they're amazing. Uh, trans daughter sister. <laughs> I fucking hate that sentence that just came out of my mouth. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but yeah, my my only problem also is the pacing because sometimes it it gives me whiplash because they're doing step on the gas and then suddenly it's like oh step on the brakes and I'm just like it is like um a nice breath of like air i guess from stepping on the gas but at the same time i'm just like what because it it's feels like season so sudden yeah that season that season step on the gas step on the gas step on the gas and then it's like boop, boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. step on the gas step on the gas <laughs> like it's a lot when are we getting this honestly i'm just saying when are we getting the suicide squad droid arc in the bad batch when are we getting oh gonky? god my when are we getting gonky take- going on his mission <laughs> My fucking hot take is that the bat, like, um, the the Suicide Squad droid arc, they walked so that the Bad Batch could run, and I love that arc. And if when people slander it, I I'm like, no, get out of my house. I think it's great. One other thing I know that I think Jess you'd said was kind of bothering you about this show, and it is um, does lead us into our final segment that we'd like to discuss while we talk about the episode. Oh uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> Cody watched uh, where, where are you Cody where are you king I, I I just feel it's like a missed opportunity because Cody was like the one red clone that the the batch well besides I guess um cut Laquane because obviously they're like yeah cut our our man cut and then later on Rex but Cody was like their their commander and they're like yeah we, we only really listen to commander Cody remember uh so I feel like it's a missed opportunity if Cody does not appear in this show. Uh, uh, Lucasfilms, please put him in the show, even if it will hurt me. I just want to see that man. Um, I feel like you're manifesting <laughs> and he's going to show up in the like final two episodes and it's going to be so no. fucking sad and so fucking heartbreaking. Here's, you're going to be like, I take it all back. Here's my prediction. I'm saying it now and I'm probably going to feel like an idiot if, if next week he's like, hey guys, I'm here to be a villain. Um, what I think is going to happen is it's going to be, they're going to do whatever the inciting event is for the next three episodes and like have it be like the end of the episode fades to black of them being like yeah we did it guys we're doing our thing slowly fades up we see Tarkin 
being like, um, our asset Crosshair failed his mission. It's time for you to step in. And the light, like you see the back of a clone's head, the camera turns and you see Cody and you see his scar and it's like, oh my God. And then this season ends. Uh, yeah, uh, that would hurt me a lot, but I'd also be so excited. I know I'd probably cry, but at least I know how, um, what happened to Cody. Cause I just, I just want to know what the fuck happened to that man. Mouse, Ricky rat, give me fucking Cody. I'm not playing games oh, anymore. I'm just saying Mickey, if, if we don't see Cody, Pete the cat is going down. Uh, yeah, but that's Cody watch. Because we have two hosts that are out this week, we're going to play our uh, fun little game uh, called Criff Nabu Honeymoon Decapitate. It's fuck, Mary kill, but in Star Wars. Um, each of us will be thinking of three characters that the others um, and ourselves then have to sort into one of those three categories. Um, I'm going to go first. And if any of you are familiar with how I like to play this um, game... <laughs> It's that um, I like to target the people in the room, specifically, um, because I'm a bitch. Um, now, the people in the room are very easily targetable in this case. Not very nice. <laughs> I'm already feeling targeted, so it's working. So, the three characters I have for you today are... <laughs> Zeph! <laughs> you can't keep doing this, Claudia! Didn't we talk before the episode? No, like, Claudia, stop. We literally said before we started recording, we knew we were doing this segment, and I said, please don't include Zeb because I cannot kill him, but I don't want to crip or an Abu honeymoon with him. I, I just like him a lot. Hold on, hold on. I haven't done the third one. You didn't Zeb, do- Cody, and Samacro. Oh no! This is actually unfortunately I'm... quite easy for me. Yeah. Um, I'm Nabu honeymooning Zeb. I am Criff and Cody, and I am decapitating Samacro. I'm sorry, Samacro. I don't. I love you dearly, but I don't have the same attachment to you as I do either of the other two gentlemen here. Here's my problem. I I would decapitate Samacro. I'm so sorry, Samacro. Um, I, I don't. Sorry. Um. You are not my favorite member of the CEDF Springhawk. Um, <laughs> however, um, it's time for our weekly plug for everyone to read the Thrawn books um, and catch up the first, yes. the first, the first three, which is Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, then Thrawn Treason, and then once you're done with that, you get Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising, Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good, and in November you get Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. Yeah, you get to meet Wutro. Um, <laughs> and some macro. And some macro. And some macro. Anyways, yeah. um, some macro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will be decapitating you. Um, the problem is this, is between Cody and Zeb. I can't decide which one is more marriage material. I'm gonna have to, here's my problem. I think both of them are gay men. Like, I don't think they're attracted to women in any way, shape, or form. So this also complicates things. Um, I, so it's also like, who would I want to enter the polycule with? <laughs> Do I want to enter the polycule with Z? 
with Obi-Wan and Cody. The mental gymnastics that you're doing right now really are driving me insane. Um, so I think my choice is that I, I will be going on a Naboo honeymoon with um, Cody, mostly because I would like to be in that polycule. Um, <laughs> and um, I will be criffing Zeb only because it, it's just process of elimination. I also think that Zeb is marriage material, so this is very difficult. I have prepared my answers for you all. <laughs> Um, yeah, goodbye, Zeb. You're being decapitated. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone is surprised by that. Uh, but here is where you all are going to be like, what the fuck? Because I have decided I'm going to criff Cody and Naboo Honeymoon. I'm interested by this, but I respect Uh, it. Are you married to the family? Yeah. Um, here's my, my reasoning. (laughs) I just... I think Samacro is neat. Samacro and his his chitties um, are neat. I did, I feel like, gaslight myself into um, falling in love with Samacro while reading um, Greater Good because I just really missed Eli Vanto. Well, here's the thing. Samacro, as we all know, has enormous chiss titties or chitties. So, like, it's only natural that you would fall in love with him. It's also because like um I listened to the audiobooks for um the, the Thrawn Ascendancy and Thrawn, but it was, it's all like Mark Thompson and Mark Thompson did give some macro like kind of like a space country boy accent, but like gruff and it made me miss Eli Vanto so much that I started just being like some macro is just gruff chiss Eli Vanto in my head. And so But he's nothing like Eli. He's nothing like Eli Vanto, but like, my head was just like some macro. <laughs> His gruff just Eli. I can respect you. And from that, I am raising us out of this hell. And I am introducing the three people that you are going to have to choose between. Oh, no. Um, welcome to the land of new canon leading ladies. Um, so your options today are Kira, Jin Erso, and Ray Skywalker. Have fun. Oh, no. I'm going to say Criff Ray because I love her and she's cute. Um, I am going to say I'm going to say decapitate Jin only because she already dies. Um, <laughs> um, and then I'm going to marry Kira not because I like love her as a character or whatever, but because I would like to marry into the Crimson Dawn Syndicate. Not you marrying her because you want to meet Maul. Maybe oh I want to be a part of the Maul polycule. Maybe I do. <gasps> the Mollycule? <laughs> no, Kira's not in a polycule with Maul. Me? No. It's, it's a triangle. Me, Maul, and Kira. You're, She's so not you're, in that. Okay, <laughs> it's, so, I guess they're just no, attached to you. In this situation that Claudia it has introduced, it is a polycule that is V-shaped with her at the center and Maul and Kira. Yeah, that's what I'm figuring out. Bisexuals, oh here's Albert. We can still win. <laughs> okay, here's uh, mine. I am also um, Naboo honeymooning Kira. One, because I think she is uh, pretty. And two, I also want <laughs> to be uh, in charge of Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn is now mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually marry her, and then mysteriously, uh, Kira Gold has passed Jeff away, and I am the new leader segment. of Crimson Dawn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real segment here. Is that um, 
I'm just marrying Naboo honeymooning these characters because I want something from them. Um, with Samakro, it was his chitties. With Kira, it is Crimson Dawn. Um, I am decapitating Ray. I I really <gasps> love Ray, and I I do think she's really neat, and I do like the sequels. It's just um, Ray. I'm sorry, you had very terrible taste in um in men. I hate Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren, Kyle Ron. I don't know what you're and... talking about. There was never a third sequel. <laughs> but uh, I will have some crimes can never be forgiven. You did kiss that man, and I I have to end you for that. Yes, is like I can't have an indirect kiss with Ben yeah, Solo. <laughs> Ew. Not with Kyle Ron. Get out of here. Uh, and then yeah, I am gonna criff Jenner. So I'm so sorry, Saw. I did kill Rex at one point, and now I have criffed your adoptive daughter. Dads hate them. Um, no, just Saw Guerrera hates me. Um, I have my answer. Um, I was pretty, I came up with this pretty easily. Um, I am going to decapitate Kira. I, I think she's very cool. I love her sense of style. I just don't think we have that much in common. Um, I am going to criff Jin Erso because I think she is very pretty. I think she's very cool. Um, and I'm going to Nabu Honeymoon with Ray because I feel like we could have a good time. And I feel like I could change her. I would be like, I'm so sorry you got tied up with that man. I think that you've just never had a lot of real friends before and you had an emotional connection with him. So you just didn't understand the difference. My dear, I am so sorry. Also, um, you get to be in the polycule with Finn. So it's a weird I don't know. I don't want to be in, I love Finn dearly. I don't want to be in a polycule with him. I am gay. But um, um, I, you know what? Maybe I will change my answer. Maybe. Like, no, this, is um, about, Ollie, this is about me right now, Claudia. <laughs> Ollie, if it was a polycule, it would be, um, Ray is the the point and you and Finn are not in any relationship. But I do, oh that yeah. Fair, but I, do, I think I also love Ray Rose. Ray Rose, my beloved. Um, Maybe I could be in that polycule with Ray Rose and me. That's powerful. Okay. That solidified my answer. <laughs> I also want to say when I was thinking about this too, and polycules being brought up, um, me criffing uh, Jin Erso is also me entering the polycule of Jin Erso and Cassian Andor. Um, I'm sorry to our listeners, but um, welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy. Yes. If you haven't um, read Thrawn Ascendancy, uh, go do it again. I'm plugging Thrawn Ascendancy uh, to today. I have brought for you to choose from. Uh, are Alani, Wutroo, and Lakinda. Easy, easy for me. Um, I'm marrying Arl. I'm a Nabu honeymooning Aralani, hands down. Um, I am criffing Wutro, and I am unfortunately decapitating Lakinda. I just have a much deeper connection with those other two women. Um, Aralani is very beautiful. And she's very respectful. And not that Wutro isn't or that Lakinda isn't. I just, something about Aralani. But yes, that is my answer. I will stand solid in it. Aralani, please call me if you're free. Um, please feel free to let me know. Okay, I am in the middle of um, greater good right now. So I don't, I, I don't have as much with Lakinda to work with. Um, this is very difficult. I think Aralani would not have time for me and for being married, to be honest. 
to be fair, also it's difficult because actually it's difficult. I think also because I do believe in the Arlani Wutro Karen Farrow polycule. Um, so whoever I marry in this, um, I do have to think about that. Are you going to become the Karen Farrow in this situation? No, I will Are be. You... I will be the fourth. I will be the fourth in the. <laughs> the fourth. Uh, okay, I will be having a Naboo honeymoon with um, Wutro. Um, I will be criffing um Aralani. I think that's all she has time for to be honest she is busy that does mean that Lakinda I will have to be decapitating you um it's it's nothing personal my answer is I am Naboo honeymooning um Aralani because I do <laughs> like the thought of being the trophy uh, spouse of <laughs> Admiral Aralani <laughs> even though before I'm pretty sure the last time I brought Aralani into this I did say that um she scares me but i do also like the idea of being her trophy spouse um and then i yeah i am gonna criff wutro because wutro is cool we'd have like a fun time we <laughs> we would also go out for drinks too wutro and i would just become besties too and then uh, i am decapitating lakinda anyone who has finished greater good would is probably happy with all of us decapitating Lakinda. That's all I'll say. Thank you all for this game. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, that does bring us into our next section, which is Q and A's. So I know we didn't do Q and A's last week, um, but I did want to go ahead and say we are going to be doing them more going forward. They didn't fit super well tonally in the last two episodes, but. We have remedied that hopefully this week. Um, so please keep sending in your questions on TikTok. Um, we love answering them. There have been quite a few that have made me laugh. Um, some of those are gonna be answered today. We have three questions today. The first one, which member of the 501st gives off the most Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss energy? And that comes from Aaron McDowell dot um, the second, I assume, but it's two eyes. What do we think? Echo. I did think about this. You say a echo? Lot. Oh, <laughs> echo, Claudia, just shooting from yeah, the head. Claudia, you answered like you knew you. I we did talk about these questions ahead of time, but you were like ready with conviction. Um, it's it's obviously Echo because they all like kind of hated him at first because he was like, guys, like we have to like get everything together or whatever. And he's like, and he, he like now, but now that he's in the batch, like he's like becoming like a second in command, whatever. Like he is entering his girl boss era. And I do think that like, if he was living in a CEO kind of era, I do think he would read lean in. <laughs> I do think like, he's, he's definitely like, um, I survived being brainwashed. Um, <laughs> I lived bitch. Um, like he, like, what can you do to him? bingo card claudia makes a sailor moon reference um echo to me has the vibe of um that time that chibiusa pulled a gun on <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene Like right um, after meeting them, she just falls from the sky and just like, oh, are you Usagi? It's just like, yes, gone. Hey, you know what? It's it's really weird because this is the first week where I'm the only person here who doesn't know anything about Sailor Moon. So I, I truly do feel like an outsider looking in. Um, but I actually do have my answer prepared. And actually for quite um 
a quite similar answer. I think it's fives. Um, because what is Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss, but not a true crime podcaster? And mm. what is fives? If fives had been able to make a true crime podcast, he would have, it would have been, he would have been like, and this person was brutally murdered. This episode is brought to you by um <laughs> space purple mattresses. <laughs> But no, I do think I do think that that's a very funny path for fives. I think girl bosses recruit people into their schemes. What did he do if not try to recruit kicks into his um, the truth about the ship when they were in the bathroom at 79s? Um, I rest my case. Okay. I was also thinking fives before. There's a couple clones. I was just like, they they could possibly have like, you know, gaslight gatekeep girl boss energy. Fives was up there for me. Um, I also thought about Jesse. But I think it was just like Jesse in that moment near the end when he was under the chip that made me really feel gaslighted. Not Order 66, Jesse. Not Jesse trying to recruit Rex into the pyramid scheme that is Order 66. <laughs> He's like, hey, girly, hey, it looks like you haven't killed Ahsoka yet. Hey, Bestie, do you want to um, be your own boss? Um, my upline. Bestie, do you want Palpatine to be your boss? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did your- decide. Um, I think my answer is actually dogma. <laughs> dogma trying to recruit all the other clones and being like, hey, besties, <laughs> do you want Pong Grell to be your boss? Leave dogma alone. I'm not saying, <laughs> no, I'm not saying dogma's bad, but I do think he has a lot of um, <laughs> gaslight gatekeep girl boss energy. He did also gatekeep all the clones and being like, we have to like, you know, do things just like General Ponkrell says. Dogma, wait, that is actually- the pink Cadillac his entire personality. That is actually so true though. Cause here's the thing. A lot of women who fall into the Gaslight Gatekeep girl boss situation were just exploited by a higher ranking person. And what is, what is Ponkrell if not the head of a pyramid scheme who recruited yeah. Dogma? <laughs> um, what is Ponkrell if not multi-level marketing schemes persevering? So the next question that I have comes from Dot Mando Lauren. Um, and it is, what would turn y'all to the dark side? And we have taken a different approach with this question than maybe the question asker was intending. So we have chosen to go the route of like, if this happened in Star Wars, what would turn you to the dark side and make you be like, I am entering my Anakin era and I am going to become violent? <laughs> um I said my, like, when I was coming up with an example for, like, what we were kind of going into this with is I think if in the Ahsoka show, Callus or Zeb shows up and is like, yes, this is my wife and children. I will turn to the dark side. No, that's literally my same answer. I was like, if, like, <laughs> Eli Vanto or, like, Callus or Zeb showed up or even, like, Obi-Wan where they're like, he is very attracted to women. Um, or, like, it, like if there was any sort of thing like that. Or actually, even, like, it with Din Djarin even where they were like, he is straight. He is heterosexual. I feel like anything where it beats you over the head with a, they are straight and if you don't think so, that's bad. Like, I think anything like that would hurt me. I have already felt this feeling. I have already been turned to the dark side by something that happened in Star Wars. And I, I'm sure you can guess what that was. <laughs> like we're all we're all imagining like we're all imagining like what would make you turn or whatever. But like I had this exact discussion when the sequels were coming out. <laughs> and I walked into that goddamn theater and it happened and I had an out of body experience of like this is it. 
I, I'm out, I'm outie. I, I, that was the moment where I was like, um, play Anakin's Dark Deeds. My eyes have turned yellow. I am, I am a different person. Like, I, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, I mean. DM us on Twitter and we'll tell you. If you know me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the whitewashing of Eli Vanto, like, if they cast a, a white man, a white man, no, um, as Eli Vanto, um, it would, after all the whitewashing in The Bad Batch, like, that would drive me insane. If we're in the Ahsoka show, you know, and Ahsoka's there, and then, um, this still kind of falls under the category of what we were talking about earlier, but, uh, Ahsoka's there, and then Rex shows up. <laughs> And Rex and Ahsoka are in a relationship. I, uh, I don't turn like to the I dark don't, side immediately. I don't like between the age of like forty five and fifty five Ahsoka being in a relationship with like literally like a hundred year old Rex. That <laughs> yeah, makes me feel upset. Rex, uh, Rex I also, I'm so also, sorry. It's like Ahsoka's- that scene in Twilight where Edward is looking at, or it's in New Moon where Bella's like an old lady in her dream, oh. and Edward's still. <laughs> Uh, an- another thing that would turn me to the dark side is Mart Madden in in live action. Are you saying that on behalf of Mel? Because for those of you who don't know, Mart Matten is Mel's enemy. Mel hates Mart Matten for some reason, and it's I don't know if they're going to be okay I with mean, me I, exposing this about them. But like, I also agree with Mel though. Like, even though um, Mart Madden and I are like twins, I am Mart Madden. I do think Mart Madden was a little shit. <laughs> when he was first introduced so if i saw that fucker in live action and i saw people start like simping for this this man this i'd be like no get away so our last question today comes from boone the cat dog and that's b-o-o-n-e um if y'all could have an animal from star wars as a pet regardless of the care requirements and size what would it be they said that they would have a a pork or a tuco which i think is a very good answer um, it's Salamiri. That's that. Shoot from the hip. The you becoming... little lizard thing that Thrawn? Not you becoming yes. Peepaw Thrawn. No, For those of you who don't know. Peepaw Thrawn out of Peepaw Thrawn is Legends Thrawn. So Legends um, Thrawn, he always likes having a little lizard um, called their Salamiri. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, because um, they repel the force. So he was just like sitting with one. And I'm not okay. going to lie. Like Magneto's helmet, but it's a lizard. Yes! 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 That's why I would want it, because, like, let's say I, like, I think it would be so powerful. Um, Like, the power move of him just being like, I'm a bad bitch, you can't kill me. Like, it's so good. I would really want to embody that energy. And also, like, I, sometimes I very much identify with Thrawn in a lot of ways, which is a problem. Um, But... Um, I am nowhere near as intelligent as him, so again, a problem. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I will say that um, when people used to ask me like, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" or whatever, um, I would always be like, "I don't know," but my dream is to be a- at a position of power where I can bring my pet to work, and um, nobody will give a shit, um, and I can sit in my chair petting my dog or my cat like this, um. And just turn around in my chair like that and that's exactly what thrawn does with his little lizard in legends um so that's that's where it that's where it sits in my brain um 
that's why I want the I little would... force force repelling lizard. I would like to answer now because <laughs> I also have a lizard answer. This might throw a lot of people off because I am a cat person and I, I think Atuka was my first thought because I think they're very fun. I want a Varactyl. Um, for those of you who aren't sure, a Varactyl is what Obi-Wan was riding in Revenge of the Sith um, that Cody did order them to shoot off the wall oh, no. during Order 66. I think those are so cool. I think they're very funny the way they run. Um, I think it'd be very useful. I could see how that could help me in my everyday life. Um, they also just are very cute. I feel like we I could vibe with one. That's my answer. <laughs> so, okay. I, I do think you're very powerful for that. I like thought about this and there's like a lot of like animals I, I actually like because like for different reasons. Like I thought about, yeah, Tuca or like Lothcat because I do like um, little cats. I do like um, to vibe with cats even if cats don't particularly like me. Uh, and and then I also thought about a loth wolf, like pulling a, a Dave Filoni moment, ha- hanging with a wolf, <laughs> that would be fun. But I do think in the end, my answer is actually <laughs> a, a gackle Just the way I almost <laughs> said gackle I was literally thinking before we started, I was like, should I say gackle Gacklebat, and I was like, "No, I'm not gonna say Gacklebat." No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, it's not actually a Gacklebat. I think a Gacklebat would definitely kill me. Not, not okay. even probably. I, I think also... <laughs> they would just straight up kill me. It sees Jess and it's like, "I don't like the the cut of this person." So, um, jib. I think I want the Zillow Beast. You can't get the Zillow Beast. Where are you beast? gonna put? Where are you gonna put a Zillow? Beast? I mean, uh, to be <laughs> honest, do you want to know what my actual answer is? Not the Zillow Beast. No, it's not the Zillow Bees, but um, Ollie, you should know about this because you have played Fallen Order, but <gasps> oh! it is <laughs> the, the Shio bird, the giant oh. fucking bird in Fallen Order that you get to ride on. Um, that oh. is what I want. He who- and I are besties. I really enjoyed that moment in Fallen Order where you get to ride this giant ass bird. So that I, I so want one powerful. of those. When And the thing is too, when Jess says giant ass bird, it's like a very, it's like the size of like a school bus. Yeah. <laughs> like bigger. <laughs> like probably. Cal Kestis was tiny on this fucking giant bird's head. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what powerful. I want. I like that yes, we have basically are... gone like from the smallest, we've basically sized up. So it's like a Pokemon evolution from the yeah. Yosemite. <laughs> Just entering their fucking how to train your dragon era. Like. <laughs> Me and the Shio bird, we're we're besties. But it is, it's like a Pokemon evolution. The Yosemari, which is a small lizard, enters to a mix of the like bird lizard larger moment of the Varactyl. And then we go all the way up to the largest size bird. I love that for us. Good job, guys. Dave Filoni, um, what the fuck happened to the Zillow Beast? Um, please, I need to know. I like the idea that the Zillow the Zillow Beast just shows up. That's how Dave Filoni's decanonizing the original trilogy is have the Zillow Beast eat Palpatine free original trilogy. So it's once again time for everyone's favorite segment, Name That Ship, where uh, our hosts have brought um, fix and we try to guess the ship of the fic based off of the tags that are telling us a story. And... Yeah, um, I just want to say we're not like trying to to sh- shame any of these authors. We're just having fun. We th- fanfic writers are um, the backbone of society, and we respect them. And also, 
don't go looking for these fics and harassing these authors anyone because yeah. that's not cool but yeah time for name that ship this is all in good fun um and i have one. Oh boy this one i think i will say i don't think that the ship itself i have not read it um and you'll understand why later um i don't think the ship itself is like bad and i don't i don't think i begrudge this writer based on the tags um but it's a lot and you'll understand um so this fic is called running with lightning feet um it is rated e for explicit some of these are going to give it away but i think that's okay character a slash character b plo coon and character b character b and darth maul <laughs> and there's some other this is a side there are a lot of ships in this that aren't going to give it away but are wild savajo press savajo press slash sinker <laughs> like the clone um padme amidala slash ct 1010 fox slash darth maul huh um um, character b and kaisina i don't know who that is and darth maul character and and now we get into the general tags character b character a Plo Koon, Sinker, Boost, Savajo Press, Darth Maul, Talzin, Padme Amidala, CC1010 Fox, Ursa Ren, Prey Vizsla, Boba Fett, um, Agent Kolar, uh, Boltar Swan, Kaisina, Alternate Universe Canon Divergent, Fixit of Sorts, Implied Slash Reference Abuse, Because of the Night Sisters Everything, Friendship, Imprisonment, Kind of, Plo Koon does what he wants, regardless of how many gray hairs it gives his commander or the council. Humor, families of choice, hurt slash comfort, mind control, discussions of slavery, specifically related to the trauma of um, Dathomir, mental link, true Mandalorians, the Mandalorian Darksaber. Wolf? Yes! Oh. <laughs> Wolf, is, Wolf, Wolf is character A. Wolf is Oh, me. no. So it's not, it's not Wolf X Plo Koon. It is not, no. Oh, thank God. Okay, but, um... Is it a Mandalorian if it's it like... is not a Mandalorian? Oh god. Is it a Jedi? Oh. It is not a Jedi. Are are they... Ventress? It is not Sith? Ventress. They are not a Sith. They're not a force hmm. not Are a... they a, a clone? Are they another clone? They are not another clone. Um okay. and it is not explicit if they are a force user or not. <laughs> is it a character we know it is a character we know are they also part of like clone wars era they are are they from clone wars or rebels or both they are from clone wars are it's a man right this it is, is a man. gay okay hmm. um, is he bounty hunter he's not i will give you another hint I do not believe we have brought this ship to the podcast, but this is a ship that all of you are aware of. Wolf and somebody. Yeah, it is. Is it? Is it Feral Press? It's Feral Press. <laughs> and here's the thing. I will also add 
I'm one of the reasons that I brought this fic that because uh, the tags aren't they don't really tell like it's a lot but it's not crazy how many words do you guys think this has oh this has got to be like 15 fucking chapters <laughs> it's more than 15 no! chapters <laughs> um gotta if it's more than 15 chapters there's gotta be a decent amount of fucking words in this one do you want me to tell you how many words do you want me to tell you how many words um is it around like mm, maybe like i'm gonna guess a lot so maybe like three hundred thousand or more okay i will say I believe so. There are currently fifty-eight out of seventy-three chapters written. Why are there so many? Here's how many words there are: two hundred fifty-eight thousand seven hundred forty words, and it is not I'm, completed. I and have a thing back to this person's dedication. This is something that we don't usually do. This was updated today. No. Oh, so, and here's the thing: They're this so is going. why I say don't go harass this author because I am not begrudging this fic at all. I think it's very interesting. I think it's cool when someone takes a concept like this that has very little canon information and goes off and makes it their own. I think that's awesome. I was just so shocked at the pure number and how much dedication this person has to this. And I am like not making fun of them. Yeah, honestly, that's that's really powerful. I respect respect them. Like, can I have like, can I get into this person's brain that they were even 50 chapters about feral oppressed? Yeah, and I love that. Like feral's one of the unexplored characters of Clone Wars who I would love to know more about. This person is is putting the work in. The summary summary. is feral gets kidnapped by a Jedi master. It's the best thing that ever happened to him aka how plo Koon's foray into sith napping saved the galaxy featuring galactic road trips daring expeditions into sith strongholds plenty of soul searching pirates the death watch senators with big blasters more pirates and three brothers who aren't prepared for any of it like damn okay i respect this all right i just thought it's very powerful it's very powerful this is very powerful yeah um, <laughs> Like good for Some people you. are so creative. Um, oh my god. Um wow, this really this really makes the fix that I have, which are mostly crack and weird crossovers, a real um just contrast because that took me on a journey. Um yes, I have a fic. I actually have several, but the one I have chosen today, um it it does say that it is crack. Um, but it it seems like it's it's like not like oh this is crazy but just like this is a, a good old fun time. Um, let's let's go on a journey. Um, rating is general audiences. Um, so there there are several relationships in this. All of them are kind of insane. Like I wish I could get you to guess each one of them. I actually didn't know how to present it initially because I was like, they're all kind of, well, there's one that's pretty, there's one that's very common. And then the rest of them, I have a lot of questions. Um, I will not be reading you the characters because that would give it away because let me give you the tags. Marriage does not solve everything, but it will solve this. Crack. (laughs) Sidious plans are all ruined. 
because no one can withstand the power of a Jedi flirting with them. Fix it. Reminder that this is absolute crack and was written in like 30 minutes. Collections. Um, Mary, character number one challenge. Fun humor, crack in a galaxy far, far away. Fucking superb, you funky little dadest. <laughs> um, let me, let me give you the summary. Um, yeah, that might clear some of the identifying out. things. John Varuna had been a marriage officiator for nearly two decades, and he'd seen all sorts of odd things. Still, he didn't think he'd ever had such a strange medley of individuals gathered in his office at one time. Is this about, like, a marriage, like, a like an officiant hold on, on- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here is your clue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two Kaminoans, five Jedi, a fully Biscar-clad Mandalorian, and two clone troopers. Okay. I'm sorry, who's- Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm not done. I'm sorry, whose wedding am I officiating? A tall, imposing man in Jedi robes step forward. All of ours. <laughs> okay. So, so wait, is this, so this no. is multiple couples? Yes, yeah, so it's one, two, three, four, five couples. That involves two Kaminoans, five Jedi, a fully Viscar-clad Mandalorian, and two clone troopers. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> now, again, this is Clone Wars era, obviously you have guessed this. Claudia, we're stupid, you expect us to do this. Okay, it's um, Cody 1-1. Like start guessing. It's Cody 1. Ship number one. Is that Cody 1? Um, no. Okay, so there are <laughs> no common ships in this except for one that's sort of uh, a little more common than most. Uh, the rest of them are kind of crazy. <laughs> um, okay, I'm them, stupid. You think I'm going to guess? Is one of them Mace Windu? Um, yes. One is it Mace Windu is slash Pons? Okay, hold on. One character is Mace Windu. Who is he shipped with? Is it Pons? Um, no, but it is a clone. Is it Wolf? No. Is it Rex? No. <laughs> Mace Windu slash Rex is very powerful. No, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> unironically that's very powerful. This is even more powerful. Oh, it's Cody. It Fox? Yes! <laughs> Wait, That's Mace Windu and Fox? Ding, ding, ding! You that's, got okay. it! Okay, next that's one. Kind of everything. Okay, so that's one. There's five, you said? <laughs> okay. Wait, you um, said Kaminoans are involved in one of those? Or? Are the Kaminoans together? No, no, they're not. They're with... <gasps> is it Tanwi? No. Uh, is it Lama Sue? Yes. One Lama Sue? Oh, is the other one Nalase? Yes. Okay. So, um, Lama Sue X someone and Nalase X someone? Um, both of them are with Jedi. Oh. Is what? Nalase X Obi Wan. No. Is it Nalase and um 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 Shakti? Yes. Okay. All right, we got two. Ding ding ding. Lama Sue is with a Jedi too. Mm-hmm. Lama Sue and Obi Wan. No. I was gonna say, is it Yoda? No. Is it Plo Koon? Yes! I am three for three right now. Okay, wait, so there's two more ships? It's okay. okay, one of them has a Mandalorian, right? So is it Jango Fett? Yes. <laughs> okay. Obi Wan? Uh, yes! Jango! That's the, that's the normal oh. one. Okay, so that's the normal okay, ship. And the last one's a, a Jedi and a Jedi? A clone. 
Um, Can I add a clone? It's not is it so yoga? Okay. No, it's nothing gross. It's nothing gross. It's just one I've never seen before. Is that Anakin? No. Okay. Um, is this a Jedi from the Jedi Council? Yes. Is it Kit Fisto? Yes. Okay. Oh, is it Kit Fisto and um and Phil? <laughs> what? Is it Phil? Okay, I guess it's not Phil. Wait, oh, is it another Jedi, right? No, Jedi X Jedi. It's a clone. Oh wait, yeah, fuck. Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto is it Cody? And... No, no, we already got Cody. There's we no did? repeats. Who's Cody? It's Cody and Mace Windu. Oh. No, we just Fox oh. and Mace Windu. No, you guess. Oh wait, Cody so it was oh Fox. Oh. It was Cody and Mace Windu, not Fox and Mace Windu. Okay. Okay, that's also very powerful. Sorry, wait, that so, I wasn't um, actually three for three. I'm a fool in man's boots. So um, I got uh, I got Jinko and and Cody. <laughs> uh, fuck. So okay, so it's Kit Fisto. Is it a clone who's like a clone we know pretty well? Um, or we like no, we know this clone. I wouldn't say we know him. Well, but we know him. We know his Is name. Is this a member of the 501st? No. Of the 212? No. Of the um, 104th. Which one is that? Plo Koons, the wolf pack. No. Hmm. Is it one that we have said today? Yes. Is it Fox? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It's so Fox. So okay. here's what we have. Dang. <laughs> We have Plo Koon Lama Sue, Cody Mace Windu, Jacques T. Nalase, Jango Fett, Obi-Wan, Kit Fisto, Fox. Um, this That's is- That's so much going on. <laughs> you know what's good for that? <laughs> it is uh, 1,600 words. Um, <laughs> and Not a lot of words for so much content. I absolutely <laughs> love this person. This made me feel insane. Um. Also, there it does feature them calling. Um, <laughs> it does. It does feature them calling uh, Lamasu um, by uh, his is Lamasu a guy? I can't remember. Yes. Um, yeah. By his first name, um, and um, Lama. <laughs> and and it does have Lamasu saying, "Before you adopt your boys to plow, <laughs> or." <laughs> um, that- and then wait before we adopt the boys. That- oh, <laughs> oh, stay away from the wolf pack, you bitch! Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week uh, for Rupaps Pod Race minus two of our hosts. Our episodes usually drop on Sundays. Um, for updates, Star Wars news, more cursed shit, you can follow us on social media at Rupalps Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please keep an eye on TikTok as well because Mel and Noah will be probably posting uh, their answers to some questions, um, you know, any extra content when they are back. Um, if you really love us, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it as your podcatcher. Also, please don't use it as your podcatcher. Just have it have it on your phone to be downloading um uh our show obviously <laughs> thank you for your help um thank you to lime bunny and the real salacious b crumb and avatar annabeth for your kind reviews um on the uh on the apple podcasts uh platform we really appreciate it um give, please keep them coming the rates and reviews um and as we said last week we do want to hear from you what would you like to see from us between the bad batch and the book of boba fett um, you know, we do have stuff planned for Star Wars Visions, um, obviously for Lesser Evil. We have things planned, but we also want to know, like, 
what you guys want to hear from us because it's going to be a, a while between the Bad Bath and the Book of Boba Fett. Um, so send us a question in our TikTok Q&A. You can tweet at us. You can DM us on um, Instagram, Twitter, you can, or you can send us an email at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. Um, anyways, thanks for listening, and uh, may the force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka once for me, waka waka for Mel, and waka waka for Noah. <laughs> Rest in peace, therefore, horse ghosts. <laughs> no, they'll come back, it's fine. Ha, ha, ha.